going on, everybody? This is Heath. I'm here with Steven. This is Tillman's Corner Sports Talk. A little different episode for y'all tonight. Me and Steven aren't actually together. I've had some sickness in my family, so we didn't want to get around each other. But it's been a long time, Steven. I know I'm excited. I know you're really excited to get back to it. Oh, yeah. I'm pumped up. It's been, what has it been, three weeks? Yeah, I think Four three weeks. I think three weeks. I think after the SEC, or after the conference championships, we did an episode, and it's been like three weeks. Yeah, it's been, a, it's been a while. It seems like forever for sure. Yeah, it does. Well, we hope everybody had a phenomenal Christmas, and we hope you have a happy new year. But we're just going to get jump right off like we normally do. We're a local shout-out, and we want to talk about K.J. Lacey. He's a quarterback from Saraland. We've mentioned him before, but after their state championship, the big-time offers really started to roll in for him, Stephen. He had offers from South Carolina, Ole Miss hit him up, Auburn offered him, and Florida State offered him. And really why we wanted to talk about him, QB Country, and this guy, QB Country, I think his name is David Morrison, he has trained some of the most high-profile quarterbacks there is. He's trained guys that are playing in the NFL right now, and he came out with some statements, I think it was maybe a week or two ago, and I sent him to you about, he was talking about K.J. Lacey, talking about how his arm talent right now is NFL caliber and saying the sky's the limit for this kid. And What are your thoughts on that, Steven? Yeah, I mean, we watched him live uh, early in the season whenever y'all heard us talk about them, uh, Terry Lamb versus Theodore, and then uh, watched for the second time in the uh, playoff, but even after the first time, we said this kid has a rocket for an arm. Now, obviously, he's only a sophomore, has a lot long ways to go, maybe clear up some mechanics, but as far as pure arm talent, we definitely noticed it. I know I did for sure, um, and that was one thing we mentioned, that he has a rocket, and as you said, this guy, he's, you know, this isn't some scrub you know, quarterback coach. This is a guy, like you said, that have trained some big-time names, um, and knows what he's talking about, and yeah, that's that's huge praise. And I mean, it doesn't it doesn't surprise me at all, to be honest with you, that he that he said that about him. Yeah, absolutely. KJ is a big time prospect, and I hope Alabama gets on board quick and offers him. He's going to probably, when I say it's all said and done, maybe four star, maybe fringe five star prospect, and probably him and Ryan Williams will be a package deal. Our next local shout out is I want to make sure I'm saying it right. One of Stephen's coworkers gave him this girl a shout out. Braley Weaver Jr. She's a point guard, girls basketball at Satsuma High School. Stephen, you got anything good to say about her? Yeah, any yeah. Positive so news? Uh, Braley Weaver. She's a uh, a junior point guard, point guard slash shooting guard, just a, uh, kind of a combo guard at Satsuma High School. Uh, Satsuma High School. I, I was looking up this girl to find information on her, and you know all the videos. It's like double double versus, you know, Citronelle. Double double versus. Robert said, "Is like she just nailing double doubles." And one game I was watching highlights. Uh, she had she, she's a three point shooter, but she's also a good defender. She had like ten steals in one game. Wow! Um, so you know, good. We're always looking at the highlight look with talent. Um, again, she's a from what I found was is a junior, so she's class of twenty twenty four. Um, so hopefully she keeps progressing. Be interesting to kind of. See where, where she ends up and what she continues doing with that. Yeah, best of luck to her. She's a shooter, great defender. So best of luck to her in the future. But let's roll right into our hot topics. And we actually have four hot topics tonight, but the first one we're going to start off is really sad note. I know this one shocked the college football world. And really, if you're a football fan or just a fan in general, 
this really hurts. Mike Leach passed away Monday, December 12th. From he had medical complications. Stephen, this this is is it's really heartbreaking. Mike Leach, he was one of a kind, not only as an offensive innovator, but just his personality. He was truly one of a kind. Yeah, I don't think uh you'll ever find anyone uh like Mike Leach. Um he was definitely unique. Um definitely shocking news. You know, it kind of came out of nowhere as far as, you know, we didn't know. And then obviously coaches aren't going to put all their business out there, but as far as the public knew, we didn't know of any, you know, uh, issues that he was having with his health. And then all of a sudden, you know, you get a report uh, from ESPN or wherever it came from saying that he's been taken to the hospital due to some issues and whatnot. And then all of a sudden, you know, Monday you get the word that he had, he had passed away, dude. I think they officially ruled it as heart complications or something like that. Yeah, I, th- I think uh, it was heart complications. He had a lot of a lot of issues, and you know you can just you know pray for his family and the Mississippi State yeah. community. I know it's super hard for them. They got a bowl game, I believe, coming up this week, so or next week. But just pray for them, and you know it's going to be a long road, and uh, pray for his family. But we're going to roll on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So our next one is, this is another sad one, Tua Tungvaloa. Me and Steven are incredible fans of Tua. He's literally probably one of my favorite NFL players from Alabama. He's a great quarterback. Steven, Tua suffered another concussion on Christmas Day. And it's kind of funny because we were texting back and forth. Like I said, I couldn't do nothing on Christmas because my family was sick, but I was watching this game. And Tua was killing him in the first half, man. You know, had a ton of yards, had almost 300 yards passing in the first half. And then in the second half, he literally was trash. He threw three straight picks on three straight possessions. And then he comes out Monday, they put him in the concussion protocol, and he has another concussion, Stephen. Yeah, um, and, and you know, obviously they don't – they can't say 100% for sure. I don't think they could anyway that this is the play that um, – you know, that he had a concussion on. But, they, you know, if you follow Adam Schefter or some other outlets, uh, sports reporters and stuff, and they released a video of where they show where they think um, that it happened. And that was like, I think it was like right before halftime. There was a few, maybe a few minutes to go before halftime when they think is when it happened. His, he, his head kind of whiplashed, and, you know, he fell back, backwards and hit his head. Um on the ground. So, I mean, it does make you wonder, like, like you said, I mean, he, he was unstoppable. He was doing great in the first half and second half, especially the fourth quarter, but really in the second half as a whole, wasn't very good. So you wondered, did the concussion have a lot to do with it? And just not from a football, uh, kind of going away from a football, the football aspect of it is he needs to really evaluate. I would, obviously the season, but maybe his, his career because you think I mean the Buffalo that was a concussion whether you want they want to say it wasn't it was his back or not I mean that was a concussion I'd say um, obviously the next week against the Bengals that was a concussion and then here and this last week so that's three concussions in a three month span so one concussion per month you know I'm not a doctor I've never had a concussion but. You know, I know that's not very good for your your brain, your mind, your body. So, I mean, hopefully he gets healthy. 
but hopefully he really considers and then people around him and his family and his, his, his wife and his friends, you know, can help him maybe process and through of uh, what, like, you know, should I continue my football career? Cause you know, his, his mind and his, his he as a person is more important than coming back and playing football. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm really glad you went there. You know, we're huge football fans, but at the end of the day, these are actual men. These they're, they're just like me and you. And I know Tua, he's younger than me. He's married. I'm not sure if he has a kid, but it comes down to a certain point where you got to put your well-being of your family above sports, above football. You know, Tua has made more money than most people will ever make in their life. And he's only played yeah. three years. So, you know, he's going to have to have long conversations with – his wife and his parents and his close family, his agent and stuff. And that's a decision they're going to have to make. I hope he's listening to the right people and hope he prays about it. I know Tua is a real spiritual guy, real good Christian, so I'm sure that he'll ask for guys from the Lord. But that's a tough decision, and I know, you know, I got a little boy. And that's, that's just something you never want to see. Concussions are one of those things that people really don't know a lot about. I mean, I know we know that they're not good. It's bruising of the brain. But you really don't know what the long-term effects will do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, I just – I hope selfishly as a, as a football fan, as a Tua fan, of course I hope he plays again maybe next year. But, yeah, so best of luck to Tua. But moving on, our third hot topic, Nathaniel Hackett. First year on the job, Denver Broncos head coach has been fired. I know this is a team that me and Steven was really high on getting Russell Wilson, me and I think you both, Steven, had them as a potential Super Bowl Super Bowl dark horse, a Super Bowl caliber team. But, man, Russell Wilson was just terrible this year. And you know how it goes in sports. The coach is always the first one to go. And unfortunately for him, he got the can. Yeah, I mean, hey, the Broncos definitely made us look like idiots. Uh, but we're not alone. I think they made a lot of people look like, like idiots. Um but, yeah, I mean, I, the move, him being fired doesn't surprise me. Um, I mean, you know, that's two years in a row with with Urban Meyer last year and then Nathaniel Hackett this year. Two years in a row, a coach didn't even make it one season before he got fired. Um, but, yeah, I mean, obviously the head coach is going to go because you're not, you know, what are you going to do? You can't – Russell Wilson, you just gave up a mega deal, like a huge contract. Um, and so, and, and I was reading, you know, you, and obviously all this stuff that comes out, you don't know what all is true and what's not, but, um, you know, going behind the scenes, they say a lot of his teammates don't even like Russell Wilson because he, he has his own personal office, like private office and his own private parking spot, like plural. Um, I know Richard Sherman and Marshawn Lynch, they were doing a podcast and they were talking about Russell and that he's very unapproachable and that even like his own teammates would have to go through his manager just to get to him, that he doesn't just give out his number and stuff. So I don't know, a lot of stuff behind the scenes. Um, he's definitely been terrible this year. But, I mean, absolutely. I don't know if you read, you might've been reading all the same reports that I have that yeah. he doesn't even like, even on the season's almost over, he doesn't know the Broncos playbook that he would be out on the field calling out mm-hmm. audibles. That he would be that that would be in Seattle's offense, not the Broncos. <laughs> so he's out there calling out stuff that his teammates have no idea what he's saying because he's saying stuff that he said 
back when his, he was at uh, uh, Seattle. Yeah, and that is what the reports are saying. He's more worried about you know being famous than he is being a quarterback, and he hasn't earned anything. He hasn't earned those luxuries with the Broncos teammates. Now, if that's Tom Brady, I mean, come on, bro, it's Tom Brady. He's had seven Super Bowls, so of course you get those kind of things. But Russell Wilson hasn't done nothing for the Broncos, and nobody like. And that's really weird when none of your teammates, former teammates, like you. I think that's a big, you know, that's a big red flag, but. Hey, he's there for the long haul. I feel sorry for the Broncos. Hopefully they get a good offensive coach in. But our last hot topic before we take a break, Will, very surprising to us because our last episode, we pretty much you know, said that Bryce Young and Will Anderson were going to opt out. Will Anderson and Bryce Young both projected to be the two top five picks in the upcoming NFL draft have decided to play in the bowl game. Alabama did not have any opt-outs. And with the air of... Pretty much, if you're a first-round pick, you opt out of your bowl game if you're not in the playoffs. These guys decided to stick it out, and they're going to play in the Sugar Bowl against Kansas State. Stephen, what are your thoughts? I mean, obviously, you love to see it because you want to see them play one more time. Excuse me. I want to see them play one more time. And I think, you know, other than those two, there's really – it's so hard to keep up with all – you know – this time of the year when college football was between transfer portal and recruiting and all this bowl games. But I, I don't think there's really any other like high profile football players that have not opted out. Um, and especially not this high. Cause like you said, I mean, both of these guys are projected to be top five, even some, a lot of people have both of them going top three. Um, right. So to see those guys that they literally have nothing left, like this ball game is not going to help them, you know. Um, it's just not. But to see them want to play says a lot about them. And I think both of us were kind of, you know, not that we didn't want them to play, but we thought, hey, you know, it's definitely in their best interest not to play yeah. because, um, again, they're going to be top five draft picks. So, they can't help themselves. Just, you know, be healthy, get ready for the draft, and then we'll see what, you know, we'll see what we have at quarterback for, for next season. But, no, they're both playing. I'm definitely not complaining. Excited to see them play one more game for sure. Yeah, and, you know, selfishly, I'm glad they're playing as an Alabama fan because I love to win every game. But, you know, they got big insurance policies taken out for this game, according to Saban. But I mean, you just hope they don't get injured. I know they wanted to finish, and people saying, "Well, that's the Bama, that's the Bama culture, that's the standard." I mean, yeah, but you know, things have changed over the years. I was kind of in the boat where I kind of wanted Will Anderson not as much, but I kind of wanted Bryce Young not to play just because I wanted Jalen yeah. Milrow and Ty Simpson to get some reps against a quality opponent in a game that matters, but it doesn't really matter for next yeah. year. So, like, now going in the next year, you're going to have a guy – Say everybody's saying it's Ty Simpson, so let's just say it. Ty Simpson going into next year, he's not going to have any quality reps going into the first game, and I think it's a road game next year. So, uh, so. I think it is. I think it's USF or something on the road. And then we got Texas coming in, so he's not going to have any kind of experience. So, But, you know, hey, these guys wanted to finish it out for their team with their team. So, you know – I commend them. I hope, you know, Bama goes out there and kills them. But, you know, I really think it's great. We didn't have any yeah, opt-outs. Hopefully, uh, that's right. No opt-outs. Hopefully both guys uh, 
stay healthy. And I actually just thought of one more hot topic. It was um, we this kind of broke after we made the outline for the show that we were going to do. Is Derek Carr? Oh, yeah. You actually sent it to me. Um, Derek Carr getting benched. I mean, it's only two more games, but still, he's getting benched for the rest of the season. Dude, I'm glad you brought that up because I totally forgot. This absolutely ticks me off, and I'm not going to go off like I should because we don't have time, but this just ticks me off. Josh McDaniels, and the only reason they're doing it is so he doesn't get hurt because so when they release, basically, according to the things I saw, if he got hurt, they would owe him $33 million. If he doesn't get hurt and they release him, they only owe him $7 million. So for Josh McDaniels, who has done absolutely nothing as a head coach, to treat Derek Carr like this and says, oh, we want to see Jared Stidham get some run. Really? You want to see Jared Stidham? Derek Carr, who has done everything for that franchise, who's literally had, yeah. in 11 years, he's had eight head coaches. Last year, he had to deal with John Gruden's emails coming out, getting fired. He had to do with Henry Ruggs going to jail. And he still he took him to the playoffs, you know? And the only yeah. – my biggest problem is the only reason Devontae Adams – arguably a top two, the best receiver in the NFL, the only reason he came to the Raiders was to play with Derek Carr. And for you, and if I'm Devontae Adams, I'm like, yo, you can release me or you can trade me away with Derek Carr because the only reason I came to your trash franchise was to play with my best friend. They are legit best friends. They are legit next-door neighbors. Like, they are true. They played together at Fresno State in college. They're best friends. So for the Raiders to treat Derek Carr like this, who's one of the if you all the reports you hear, he's one of the best guys in the NFL. Good guy. Everybody loves him. And for Josh McDaniels, who is a absolutely terrible head coach, terrible head coach. For him to say something stupid like he wants to see Jared Stidham, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, and 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 I, I think it was Dan Orlovsky that put this out and he was some up. You know, Derek Carr and how uh, he, he's never, since he's been in the league, uh, he's never played on a, a team with a defense that's been above average. He's always had just absolutely terrible defenses. I think the, the best de- the best defense the Raiders have ever had since he's, since he's been there was 20th. Yeah. Um, and so, just saying, and, and Derek Carr's not as bad as a lot of people make him out to be. Obviously, a quarterback's most important position on the field, but you still need help. And so, yeah, if they release him or even if they're looking to try to trade him, and I mean, if he goes to the right team, you know, he, he could do really, really well. Yeah, Jets. Look for the Jets, the Panthers, a team like maybe the Saints, a team like that who they feel they're a quarterback away. But – that's all we got right now. We're going to take a quick break, listen to our ad. We're going to come, to come back, break down all the bowl games coming up, the playoffs coming up. We're going to break down all that, so stick around. We're back. Steven, let's hit the big bowl games. Some of these we're not going to spend a ton of time on just because they really don't mean anything. I think the first big game we're going to talk about tonight, it's actually a battle of two decent quarterbacks. Well, one is amazing, Drake May for North Carolina, and then Bo Nix for Oregon. Steven, who do you got, uh, Oregon versus North Carolina? I believe it's like a 13-point spread for Oregon. Yeah, and the reason, you know, typically we'll put the spreads and, and stuff whenever we're talking about games, but it's so hard, I think, to do – I don't know how you do spreads in bowl games because of how many either opt-outs or – 
excuse me, or like people in the portal, so they're not playing, different things. So you really kind of just put names in a hat and draw on either one of those teams. I mean, you you know, there's there's no telling the bowl game, but they play tonight. Uh, I think I I would say Oregon. I mean, you know, I don't know what the score is going to be because again, it's so hard to predict bowl games. But I'll go Oregon wins this one. Yeah, I'll go Oregon as well. North Carolina has an atrocious defense. But I want to hit on what you just said. Dude, these bowl games are impossible to pick, and they're absolutely horrible to watch. I watched Wisconsin versus Oklahoma State last night. David, huge Wisconsin fan, my brother-in-law. And they had two backup quarterbacks in that were atrocious. I mean, they were horrible. I mean, they couldn't. I mean, there was guys running 15 yards open, wide open, and they just sell it over their head. And that's multiple games I've watched. Like, I watched another one where they're like, I think it was Coastal Carolina. So I picked Coastal Carolina for the upset. And then they're like, well, their whole secondary opted out of this game. And I'm like, seriously? I mean, so these bowl games really don't mean nothing to a lot of these schools. But I got Oregon winning that game. Sorry for a mini rant. Our next game we got is actually coming on tonight again. And SEC, SEC has not looked well in these bowl games so far. Texas Tech. Versus Ole Miss. Yeah, that's another tough one again. They're all tough. You just have no idea. But, I mean, I guess I'll go, and I don't follow all these teams closely enough to know who all the opt-outs are. So, I could I could pick Ole Miss and, you know, half their team be opting out. I, you know, I have no idea. Right. <laughs> so I'm just going to kind of guess Ole Miss here. I think they may might win it tonight. Yeah, I got Ole Miss as well. Quez, uh, no, Judkins, the running back for Ole Miss, one of the top running backs coming back. He had fourteen over 1,400 yards rushing as a freshman, the only yeah. freshman running back to go over 1,000 yards. So he's an absolute stud for Lane Kiffin and Big 12 defense. So, yeah, I think. And Texas Tech ha- actually has a projected top 10 defensive end. But, of course, he opted out, so that doesn't mean anything. Our next game we got is Texas versus Washington. Very hard game to pick. Uh, I'll go. I'll get mine for this one. Washington, Washington is a high power offense. Texas, the thing about it is, I like Texas because I love Steve Sarkeesian. So I'm going to roll with Texas. I think they're more physical. Washington now, B. John Robinson is probably not going to play the you know great running back for Texas. But yeah. Quinn Ewers, I think this game means a lot to Quinn Ewers in Texas because let me tell you something. Let me tell you who's coming on campus in the spring: Arch Manning. Right. And if Quinn yep. Ewers don't step his butt up, because he was atrocious the back half of the season, and if he don't step up, I think we'll be seeing Arch Manning when they roll into Tuscaloosa. So, I got Texas. Yeah, absolutely. I got Texas as well. Um, and it's funny, just kind of a side note, uh, not funny. I mean, you don't know what's going on with them. But all Alabama fans will know. So, Ajay Hall, did you see that he's he entered the portal and he's leaving He's leaving uh, Texas? Yep, back in the portal. Back in yeah, the port, and Bill, Billingsley entered the draft. Yeah, the, the little that, that confused me. I mean, obviously he has like the intangibles, I think, but he he never he never showed anything. So he'll probably be undrafted. If he is drafted, it'll be purely because of what he might could turn into. But just kind of a side note there. But yeah, I'm going to go with Texas again. B. John Robinson probably will not play, but they have a couple other pretty you know pretty solid running backs. Um, so I'll go Texas on this. Our next one, Stephen, is Mississippi State versus Illinois. Mississippi State mourning the loss of Mike Leach. Who you got on this one? 
I think and this one's very, very hard, not just because it's a, a bowl game and you don't know, but because of you know, you don't know how the team will come out um, and, and everything. But I think they come out uh, fired up. I think they want to honor, you know, the memory of Mike Leach and honor him and kind of finish the season on a on a high note. So I'm going to go Mississippi State. Yeah, I'm going Mississippi State as well. Will Rogers is a stud quarterback for State, and I think he'll – now, Brett Billima is at Illinois, and he's got the – and they are playing good. They run. They're very physical. But I like State in this game. I think they'll play inspired. Next game is Tulane versus USC. USC missing a lot of guys. Caleb Williams will not be playing in this game. Jordan Addison has opted out. This game is very tough to pick. I'm going to go USC just because of Lincoln Riley and the talent. I think the talent level is just too big of a gap, even with some backups playing for USC. Tulane's a very good program, but their coach did just leave. So, I got USC. Yeah. I'm going to go Tulane with the upset just because of this game doesn't mean anything. I mean, not that it means anything for either team, but I think it means more than Tulane to take down – you know, if they could take down a big name like USC, um, and then also, like you said, tons of opt-outs. USC's defense already wasn't very good. Um, and I think, you know, USC might kind of sleepwalk into this game. It doesn't mean much. It'll be taking down a big-name team for Tulane. So I'm going to go Tulane with the upset. That's a big upset. Next, LSU versus Purdue. Drew Brees is coaching Purdue. That's right, he is. I saw that. Um, I don't think it's going to be enough, though. I think um, uh, LSU's the, the talent level. Um, they don't. I don't know how many opt-outs they had again, but I think Jaden Daniels is going to play. I believe. Oh yeah, you know, he's coming um, back next year. Yeah, so yeah. he wasn't. Um, he's coming back. He's not injured, so he's playing. Um, so yeah, I, I think. It, it's just, LSU's going to win this one, I think, pretty pretty handily, I would I think. Yeah, Purdue, their stud quarterback, O'Connell, he opted out, and their top receiver opted out. So, I got LSU. If LSU loses this game, it's just embarrassing for Matt and uh, the other LSU fans out there. Next yeah. game, Penn State versus my Utah. Utah Utes, I think this is where we're going to make a statement. We're going to – if Cam Risen's coming back, I got the Utah Utes in the playoffs next year. No, I'm just kidding. But I think I like Utah. They're a very physical team. If Cam Rising plays, they're just a really good team. They're hard nosed. They're they're well coached. Penn State is also a very good team. James Franklin's a decent coach. But I like Utah. Too much talent. Yeah, I think uh Utah usually plays well in, in, in bowl games. Um because you know, they're not one of these teams that, you know, they thought they might compete for a playoff spot, but um, even they, though they that was well don't, out of – Don't do me like that. They should have. Well, they should have competed for a playoff spot. Thank you. Um, you know, the, the the Florida loss looked pretty bad after seeing the end of the season, how Florida ended it. But, um, but no, yeah, I think uh, I think Utah is going to – going to pull those. Now, has, is the is the, the big-time tight end for Utah, is he playing or did he opt out? I haven't seen knowing my Utah Utes like I do. I think he will play because that's the kind of program. They, no, I, I haven't. I haven't seen anything. Yeah, I, I mean, even anything. if he does yeah. opt out, I still think Utah wins the game. I do too. Our next game is Notre Dame versus South Carolina. This game is extremely hard to pick because there's a bunch of opt outs on both sides. I think. Well, Spencer Rattler is playing. Who you got in this one, Stephen? 
Is he playing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's playing. Because he, he – Spencer Rather has – Didn't he enter the portal? No, 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 no. That was a, that was a fake. That was fake. He no, was it? Yeah, that was fake. Well, he still may okay, he still may I, enter the portal, but they ha- he hasn't said if he's going to the NFL draft or coming back or entering the portal. So I guess whoever got the information reported it, and they jumped the gun because he hadn't officially entered. Yeah, I guess. Okay, because I know Notre Dame quarterback entered the portal, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He did, and they're in line to get Sam Hartman, who's a stud. Yeah, um, I'm gonna go. I think South Carolina wins this one. Yeah, I, this game's very hard to pick. I think I'm going to go South Carolina just because Michael Mayer from Notre Dame, the the great tight end, he's probably going to be the first tight end taken. He's their whole passing game. He left. The quarterback, like you said, their starting quarterback has entered the portal. He won't be there. Apparently, South Carolina, pretty much all their tight ends have left. I think they got one tight end. Their top two rushers are not going to play. So, yeah, I mean, it's going to be tough. But I think I'm going to go with Spencer Rattler. You know, you just go you go with the quarterback. The next game, so I got South Carolina. The next game is another extremely hard game to pick. Tennessee versus Clemson in the Orange Bowl. Talk about it, this game a little bit. This game's tough. Jalen Hyatt opted out. Cedric Tillman, I believe, has opted out. Hendon Hooker's not going to play. But on the other side... You got Clemson, who DJ Uwalongale is not going to be there. That probably helps them. And then you got their – really their four defensive linemen are all projected to potentially be top, you know, first-round picks. And two of them has already said that they're leaving and they're not playing. The other two may come back and may play. This game is extremely hard, but I think I'm going to go with Clemson because I like Dabo. Yeah. Yeah. This is hard because, like you said, all the both receivers and Hyatt, he's really the, the the home run threat. Obviously, Alabama and Alabama fans know that. Um, <laughs> but um, and and but I'm not asking. I mean, I'm not saying the backup for Tennessee, Joe Milton, is Hendon Hooker because he's not. But as far as how they want their quarterback to have a strong arm to stretch the full length of the field and all this stuff. He has no problem there. Um, so it's not arm talent. It's just experience. And I don't know if he'll, you know, be able to make the plays that Hendon Hooker could. So with, just with all the opt-outs and then, you know, the best receivers they have opting out. So I think uh, I'm going to go Clemson on this game. Yeah. I mean, these games, like we've already said, they're about impossible to pick. Our next game we're going to pick is another SEC game, Iowa versus Kentucky. This is going to be an ugly one, Stephen. Yeah. Um, Will Levis has opted out, I believe. I mean, the final um, score, I don't mean to cut you off. The final score legit could be three to nothing. Yeah, both offenses aren't very good. Um, and and honestly, so Will Levis opted out, which he was – a lot of people have him as going number one overall. I mean – well, I don't want to get to that right now. I don't see it, but maybe it can happen. But anyway, he's opting out. Both offenses are just not good. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, I'll go Iowa because if Will Levis is going to be the number one quarterback taken, and their offense wasn't very good when he started, I don't see how it could be very good when he's not playing. So for that reason, I'm going to go Iowa. 
I'm actually going to go Kentucky. And the more I look at it, apparently from what I've read, apparently the Rams' offensive coordinator this year was Kentucky's offensive coordinator last year when they had Will Levis. And apparently he did good. Well, he left. He went to the Rams this year. Their offensive coordinator they got was not good. They already fired him. And the offensive coordinator from the Rams is coming back to Kentucky. So, I think Kentucky's probably got more athletes. Iowa, I think, legit has the worst offense in the country. I'm not just saying that. I really think they do. So, for that reason, I got Kentucky. There's not going to be many people watching this game because it's coming on the same time Alabama versus Kansas State is. So, I got Kentucky. Uh, That's our next game before we get to the playoffs. Alabama versus versus Kansas State. I think I said Kentucky. Alabama versus Kansas State. Steven, uh... Give us, give me some thoughts on this game, and it's a six and a half point spread, kind of close. Give me some thoughts on this game and what you can see happening. Yeah, um, you know, in years past, Bama, you worried about Bama in bowl games being motivated and playing hard. Um, I don't think that'll be an issue because um, I don't know. It just seemed like, as weird as it sounded, it once they felt like they had no pressure of making the playoffs. They played harder in a way. I don't know if that makes any sense or not, but to me it seemed like they did. Um, but I don't know. I think it's obviously a huge advantage that Bryce Young is playing and Will Anderson's playing and the fact that Bryce has had so long because, you know, since the Arkansas game, he never played another game 100% healthy. So maybe since he's had a lot of time to get healthy, he'll be 100%. And then maybe even, you know, we always talked about they seem to have no chemistry with his receivers. Maybe in this month of preparation, uh, he's built some chemistry. Um, but then also you can see, even though, you know, we have our opinions and don't think Bill O'Brien is that great, is, is he looking toward his next job that hopefully is not at Alabama and he isn't as focused. I don't know if that will matter as much because I'm pretty sure Bryce could run the offense just as good as that if not better <laughs> even if he wasn't there or focused but um then that would mean in Kansas State they just beat um TCU in uh their their conference championship so their conference champion and they did it I think this is this kid's a second string quarterback who Howard for Kansas State isn't he a second string yeah Will Howard but he's better than their first string um but uh and he's kind of, and I haven't watched a lot of Kansas State just so in the TCU game. He's kind of mobile, I believe he is. Um, Kansas State likes to run the ball. They like to, uh, you know, kind of like what Alabama used to do in the past few years in a way before Bryce was, you know, run the ball. Their offense is based off the run. Um, so I mean, they're they're a good team for sure. They have a good good uh, offense, good defense. So. Alabama's definitely going to have to execute for sure. And Alabama has, a, I don't, like you said, no opt-outs, but there's people in the portal so that they won't, you know, be playing or, or contributing at all. So, I mean, I still I have Alabama. I guess I'll give a, a score on this. I mean, I think I'll go 38-27. Um, I don't think it'll be a blowout, but I don't think it'll be as close as a six-and-a-half point spread. Yeah, you know, you hear a lot of people say they think it's going to be a blowout now that Bryce and Will's playing. I actually don't think it's going to be a blowout. I thought when Bryce and Will wasn't going to play, I thought we'd lose. I think we'll win, but I think it'll be very close. Kansas State is not a bad football team. They're a really good football team. 
it's like Saban said, they're they're well coached. They're kind of an old school team. Their running back is legit, like five five. He's kind of reminds me of Darren Sproles, real thick. They got a big offensive line, so he gets he gets lost behind the offensive line, so the linebackers can't see him, and then he breaks for big runs. They do have a backup quarterback playing, Will Howard, but funny, he's better than their starter. They put up better numbers, better passing numbers, and better numbers with Will Howard than than they did with Adrian Martinez. So that's something to look at. And I, and Kansas State doesn't have a terrible defense. They have a pretty good defense. They have, I think, a pretty good defensive end. And I'm just curious. I want to see how the offense, offense looks. I want to see some of these young receivers play. I want to see what they got. You know, maybe we'll finally get to see uh, your boy Harold. I think Gibbs is going to play. Uh, I think this game is going to be fun. I, I, my score, yeah. predi- I think my score prediction is going to be uh, Alabama, Alabama 30, 37 to 31. So, like, right there at the spread. I think Kansas State will score. They'll do a bunch of trick plays, and I, I mean, I just think they'll score. But I think it's going to be a fun game, and you know, hopefully, send Bryce and Will out on a victory for all they've done to the program. But let's kind of let's let's hop into the playoffs real quick, and let's talk about the first game we talk about. Let's talk about Michigan and TCU. Uh, I hit on this little real quick. I like Michigan, but I don't think TCU. For all these people, I think TCU is a very good team, and. They got Max Duggan. I think what makes TCU special is their offensive coordinator. Uh, little Lincoln is what I like to call him. I think his name's Garrett Riley. It's Lincoln Riley's little brother. He's a really good offensive mind. Max, this is how good he is. Max Duggan at the start of the season was not the starting quarterback for TCU. It was Morris. It was Chad Morris's son. He was the starting quarterback. He goes out the first game of the year. Max Duggan takes over, and he gets t- he goes all the way to the Heisman ceremony. That's how that's how yeah. you know you got good talent around you and a great offensive coach. So I like Michigan in this game. Michigan's really physical. They got I think they won again for the best offensive line in the country. Now Blake Corum's not playing, but I saw with Donovan Edwards at running back, they're actually more explosive now in the running game because he's got a little more speed and he he breaks bigger runs. JJ McCarthy, if I'm TCU, I'm trying to make JJ McCartney McCarthy beat me. He talks a big game. The guy is really cocky. I don't know if you've seen some of the stuff. Have you seen anything he says? He's very cocky. I have. He is. I haven't seen it. He's very, like, very cocky. Like, I'm, dude, dude, you better watch what you wish for. But he's very cocky. But I like Michigan. Uh, Jim Harbaugh will be a big victory for them in that program. I got Michigan in this game. I got a kind of a high-scoring game, uh, 38-35, Michigan. Yeah, um, like you said, TCU is a very <clears throat> a good, very good team. Obviously, and then they're in the playoffs. Um, and their only loss was, you know, in their conference championship, where they decided to, you know, go for two instead of kicking the extra. I think it was either kicking a field goal, or kicking the extra point. I can't remember, but they went for it. Um, and they went for it on fourth. Because, yeah, that's right. They went for it on fourth down um, instead of kicking a field goal. Um. So definitely, you know, you know, a very good team. You know, very like again, like you said, very very good offense, uh, very good offensive coordinator, very creative. So he's had time to you know maybe come up with some new concepts and stuff like that. Max Duggan's a good quarterback, plays very very hard, especially if you watch that Kansas State game. Very very tough guy, 
plays extremely hard, um, has some wheels, you know, can hurt you in, in the in the run game. But I think, for me, TCU just had too many close calls this year um, against way lesser opponents. Um, and now some people might think close calls will help them because they won't, you know, they won't choke or they won't be anxious whenever it's a close game. But I think Michigan just overtakes them. I think it's a close game for a while, maybe even into the fourth quarter, Michigan pulls away. But I think uh, Michigan's physicality just is too much for them. So I have Michigan winning 31 to 20, uh, 21, actually. So 10 point game, 31 21, Michigan. This game is very interesting just because both of these teams get off to kind of slow starts. And I think the team that can jump on them quick could have a little of an advantage. And I think that I think TCU is actually going to jump on them early and Michigan's going to walk them down. The player to look for in this game, Quentin Johnson. Johnston. Yeah. I think it's Quentin Johnston. He's projected to be the number one receiver taken in the NFL draft. Everybody watching. What is it? Yeah, he's gotten comparisons to Julio Jones. He's just. Dude, he's a stud. He's a deep ball guy. He's a stud. I believe Michigan will have their top cornerback on him. I think his name is Will Johnson. So, Quentin Johnson versus Will Johnson. It'll be an exciting, exciting matchup. But we get both got Michigan. Let's roll into the next one. This is this, this playoff game I am so excited for. I actually think Georgia kind of got, you know, screwed a little bit in the fact that they had to play Ohio State who I think is a, a harder matchup for them than, say, a Michigan or TCU. So I'll pretty much put it like this. This game, to me, is the national championship. Whoever yeah. wins this game, I believe, will win the national championship. And so, and I'm going to say it like this. Alabama destroyed Georgia in the SEC championship. And everybody said, well, Alabama's got Georgia's number. Georgia's not as good as we thought. Everybody questioned Georgia. And then we saw what Georgia ended up doing. They won against Michigan, destroyed them, came back in the national championship, beat Alabama. Is the Ohio State-Michigan game, is that their wake-up call they needed? Like Georgia needed a wake-up call against Alabama. Is that their wake-up call? Ohio State will have the best. Ohio State, to me, has the best receiver in the country, Marvin Harrison Jr. I, have you have you seen a lot of him, Steven? Yeah, I've watched a little bit uh, here and there. He, he's good. Oh, he's definitely oh, he, he's phenomenal. He's a freak show. 6'4", 215, can run. His dad was a Hall of Fame receiver. He's a freak show. They got another good receiver, Ibuke. Now, their stud, Jackson Smith and Jigba, who was supposed to be top receiver, he barely played this year. He's not going to be available. Their other running back, Henderson, is not going to be available. So, to me, this game comes down to C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud, you got to do whatever it takes. If you need to run, you got to take off and run. You got to make good throws. But I like Georgia. I think they're too physical. Stetson Bennett has been playing really good football this year. Brock Bowers is a dog. Their offensive line is great. Their D line is great. And they, and if you're listening, when you watch this game, just watch how fast Georgia's defense plays. They play like a different speed than every other team in the country on defense. They're nasty when they hit, man. And they got some real dogs over there. They ain't got no fake dogs. They got some real dogs. Kirby's got them playing great. I, Man, I think this game could actually be a shootout. I really do. I got Georgia 42 to 38. Georgia. You said 42 to 38? Yeah. 
yeah, that's a good pick. It's actually not close to my prediction, but um, yeah, I mean, I could see Ohio State winning. Uh, it would it be surprising at all because, like you said, um, I think what hurt Georgia last year against Alabama was really it was only it was one receiver. It was Jamison Williams, right? Um, well, and 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 John Mechie before he got hurt in the SEC championship, I believe, wasn't it? Yes. Um, yeah. So you know, two good receivers, and but you could argue, you know, Ohio State receivers are overall, you know, their skill players are better than Bama's were last year. Um, and but like you said, Marvin Harrison's a, a freak. Very very good. Um, C.J. Stroud's a top, you know top quarterback it'll be one a top one of the top players drafted um and and really you think i'm trying to think like who was trying to think over georgia's schedule like tennessee is maybe the only team that have had really really good um skill players you know high and the other guys and hendon hooker Um, but georgia i mean georgia looked phenomenal versus tennessee um, now, I do think, you know, C.J. Stroud is better than Hendon Hooker. Uh, Marvin Harrison and the other receivers are better than Tennessee's receivers. Um, so, it'll be interesting to, to watch. But, again, you know, you give Kirby a month and the defense a month to prepare for somebody. Now, I know I mean, Ohio State also has a month to prepare also. But, you know, you kind of – it's the same thing. You know, Nick Saban has a month to prepare – and Kirby learned from Nick Saban. Nick Kirby has a month to prepare. It's typically going to go in Kirby's favor, especially on defense. Um, but I have kind of a high-scoring game like you. I have Georgia winning, but I have instead of you have forty-two thirty-eight, I have forty-one thirty-eight Georgia. Yeah, I I think we both think it's going to be a really close game, and I think Ohio State is different than Tennessee. Yeah. Tennessee is more hurry up. They run a high-low concept. Basically, they try to put your defense in conflict. To me, Ohio State is more – they do run spread, but it's more of a traditional – like, it's it's hard to explain. It's more of a pro-style offense in their routes and everything. Tennessee is just, you know, bombs away. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, I think they're a little different. different. So, But I think it's going to be – I think Georgia's actually going to struggle to stop them. I think – all the Ohio State has been getting trashed these last couple weeks. And I think they've heard that. And, you know, these are college kids, and I'm sure Georgia's heard it. Oh, Ohio State's soft. They're soft. They're soft. Well, maybe Ohio State can, you know, rise to the occasion. But that's it for right now. We'll come back. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back and hit on the NFL games coming up this week, and we'll talk about our MVP front runners. We are back. Steven, let's talk about, real quick, who you got. There's two weeks left. There's this week and next week. Who you got, the favorite, your top two, top three for MVP? Uh, I mean, I guess I'll give top three, but I think I think it's a lot. For me, it's Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Um, 
my top three were, would be Jalen, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, and Patrick Mahomes. Um, I think, and we we actually were texting back and forth. I think the Eagles beating they're not they didn't win, but how well um, uh, Gardner Minshew looked replacing Jalen Hurts um, kind of hurt him in a way um, because a lot of people, I mean, people were already making the argument that. Jalen isn't the MVP because it's the team around him, not him. And uh, I don't think that's fair because you could look it up. I mean, you could say, you know, Buffalo is a very good all-around team. You could see the Chiefs are a good all-around team. Um, but, you know, I understand that people are going to have something to talk about. So I don't think Jalen, I think if he wouldn't have gotten hurt and would have kept performing at a high level, he might could have, you know, pulled the MVP. But uh, I don't think – I think he might be third. Josh Allen at second. You know, he wasn't – he's kind of come along recently, but there's a, there's a few game stretches that, you know, he wasn't doing very well. So, I think that kind of hurt him. Patrick, you know, he's he's been doing what Patrick does, um, leading his team. You know, they're going to be the number one seed, uh, I believe, in their, uh, their conference. So, I think Patrick's going to walk away with MVP. Yeah, man, and I, I hate it, but for Jalen Hurts, I really do. But I, I think you're right. I think it's uh Patrick Mahomes to lose. I got two other guys that I think if it shakes out, I got Joe Burrow maybe potentially, and I think maybe next week or the week after we'll give our playoff predictions and stuff about who we think is going to win the Super Bowl and everything. But, man, I'm really high on Joe Burrow. I think he is he has impressed me so much this year. I got him, too. I think if they can win out and Chiefs lose a game, they'll be the number one seed. I think he make a sneak in. And the name, this guy's not going to win it, but I think he should get some recognition is Justin Jefferson. He's 209 yards away from breaking the all-time NFL single-season receiving record. That is so impressive, especially because he's got a quarterback like Kirk Cousins throwing in the ball. He don't have an Aaron Rodgers. He doesn't have a Patrick Mahomes. He don't have one of these guys, Joe Burrow. He don't have these top-notch guys. He's got Kirk Cousins. So that just makes it so much more impressive. But that right there is my top three. And I, I like Josh Allen. I, I'm a huge Josh Allen fan. So, But let's go over the games real quick, and then we'll be done. Yeah. Tomorrow night, my days of the week are screwed up because I was off Monday. Tomorrow night, Cowboys at the Titans, who are just absolutely – they are beat all up. Derrick Henry's not playing tomorrow night. So, who you got? Yeah, I'll go Cowboy. Like I said, Derrick Henry not playing. I think Ryan Tannehill's out. Some offensive linemen, some other people. So, very beat up. I'm going to go Cowboys. Yeah, and I got Cowboys as well. And this is what's awesome about the NFL. I heard 14 of the 16 games this week directly impact the NFL playoff, either race, who gets in, or seeding. So, there's a lot of fun, competitive games this week that really mean a lot. Starting with this one I'm about to come up with. The Dolphins, who are not have Tua at the New England Patriots. Dolphins pretty much, if the Dolphins win, they're in. So, it's pretty much that simple for the Dolphins. Steven, who you got? Yeah, this is hard because, like you said, without Tua, um, we saw what they were without Tua. Their offense wasn't the same. Patriots have a really – as bad as the Patriots' offense is, they have a really good defense. Um I mean, I think the defense might help him with some field position, maybe get a 
scoop and score or pick six or even that, that one, um, I think his name's Jones, Marcus Jones maybe, for turn a punt or something like that. I think the Patriots win this one. I'm going to go heart overhead. I'm going to go the Dolphins. I hope Teddy Bridgewater, who's not good, I hope he can somehow get this dub. So that gives two of this week off, and then he can rest next week, and then probably either go to the Chiefs, the Bills, or Bengals for the first round of the playoffs. So I, I really hope the Dolphins win. They definitely got the the talent. They got Tyreek Hill, Waddle. Man, just let them work. And, you know, Josh, uh, Mike McDaniels, run the football. The Patriots' offense is atrocious. You know that. I know that. They're terrible. So I got the Dolphins. Next game, Cardinals, who are atrocious, at the Falcons, who are not any better. Yeah, this one's hard. I mean, I guess I'll go Falcons. I mean, either one of them wouldn't surprise me. But I don't think any outcome would surprise me. Yeah, I guess I'm going Falcons. Cardinals could potentially be in line for a top five pick. Uh, Bears at the Lions, who I told you before the season started, the Lions were very frisky for a playoff spot. Don't look like they're going to get in, but seven and eight. Uh, I got the Lions in this game. I, I really like what Dan Campbell's doing. Yeah, Lions disappointed me this past week. I think uh, I had them. Who did they play? Was the, the Panthers? Panthers? Yeah. Yeah, they were doing great, and then they just laid an egg, you know, versus the Panthers. Uh, but I think they bounced back. I think, I think the Lions win this one. Yeah, and it sucks for them. Next game, bad game. Broncos at Chiefs. Oh, that's uh, Chiefs easy. <laughs> Chiefs easy in the Colts. Man, Jeff Sarrett, man, that, that team is just falling apart. At the Giants, Brian Dayball, probably the coach of the year. Who you got? Uh, Giants will get the dub. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I think the Giants will win. Saints, who are – they're 6-9, and nine, but they're surprisingly – they're still in the hunt for a playoff berth. The NFC South's terrible. They're at the Eagles. Eagles win this game. They clinch home foot advantage in the number one seed. Yeah, Eagles going to win this one. Um, but, man, just tell my – the Saints division for a second. It's it's a shame. They should change the rule that I mean it's possible that a team with a losing record or at least five hundred is gonna make the playoffs from their division. That should not happen, but unfortunately it it will probably. Um but I'll go Eagles. Yeah, and it's funny you said that because the next game we're talking about is the Panthers. The Panthers are six and nine. They're playing the Buccaneers, Tom Brady, who is seven and eight. Me give me and you credit. We both said Tom Brady was overrated going into this year. And trust me, he has been terrible. But the Panthers six and nine, Buccaneers seven and eight. Pretty much the winner of this game has a very good chance to win the division. If the Panthers win, well, if the Buccaneers win, they're in. If the Panthers win, the Buccaneers lose the next week, the Panthers are in. So, Buccaneers have the advantage, but who you got? Uh, you said, who'd you say, Bucks and Panthers? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I know the Panthers had a good showing versus the Lions, but I think, uh, I think that Bucks uh, will win this game and lock down that playoff spot. I actually I think I got the Panthers. I got the Panthers. They run the ball really well. Buccaneers just – every time I think they're going to do something, they wet the bed. I like the Panthers. 
Cleveland Browns, Deshaun Watson at the Commanders who are going back to Carson Wentz. The Commanders lose, they're probably out of the playoffs. Yeah, I don't I don't understand why they're going back to Carson Wentz. I mean, I haven't watched all of their games since he's been out, but I feel like Heineke, I mean, he's not saying he's been like MVP caliber, but I don't think he's been like terrible from, from just a little bit I've been following, I think. Um, but uh, I'll go I'll go Commanders, you know, um, fighting to hopefully still be in the playoffs, so I'll go Commanders. I got the Browns. I like the Browns' defense, Deshaun Watson. Hopefully, you know, coming back into form. I like the Browns. I, I'm with you. I don't really understand. Going back to Carson Wentz. Next game, Jaguars, who are, if they went out, they're pretty much in the playoffs. Well, actually, because the Titans lost, if the Jags beat the Titans next week, the Jags are in the playoffs. Trevor Lawrence has been playing absolutely incredible. I got the Jags over the Texans. Yeah, uh, Trevor Lawrence has been playing great. Plus, Texans are horrible, so I'm going Jags. Their next game, this is funny, 49ers at the Jared Stidham-led Las Vegas Raiders. Which, the crazy dude, the the Raiders legit still have a chance to be in the playoffs, so that's what I don't really understand, benching Derek Carr. Oh, do they? Yeah. They're not, mathematically, they're not out of the playoffs. Huh. I guess unless the Raiders think it's such a long shot that they don't care. But. Well, cause, well think, think about it like this. Think about it like this. The Dolphins are 8-7, and seven and they're in the playoffs right now. If the Patriots – the Patriots are 7-8. and eight. If the Patriots if – if the Raiders win out, they'll be 8-9. and nine. If the Patriots beat the Dolphins and then the Patriots lose, the Raiders have the head-to-head against the Patriots. <laughs> the Raiders would get in. And the Dolphins, uh, yeah. they'd have, they, the Raiders would have the head-to-head against the Dolphins, too. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll go uh, a 49ers, even though they're down to their third string. The quarter, you know, Brock Purdy's been playing pretty good, doing what asked of him. So, I'll go 49ers. I will as well. Jets, 7-8 and eight at Seahawks, 7-8. and eight. Uh, I think Mike White yes. is back and ready to start. So, yeah. that will be a huge difference so i'm gonna go jets i'll go jets as well and that'll probably set up next week when and you're in between the jets and the dolphins they'll both be probably both be eight and eight like i said if the hopefully the dolphins can win this week vikings at the packers we all thought the packers were dead packers have a legit shot to win out and be in the playoffs yeah um don't count out aaron Rodgers. i'm gonna go packers I, I'm with you. I'm going Packers, too. The Vikings have already clinched the division. They've already clinched the playoff spot. Packers are hungry. They're playing in the cold. I got the Packers. The yeah, Rams. Play, you the, know, you, uh, the, earlier in the season, their offense really struggled with it because their, their rookie receivers just they were dealing with drops and running the wrong routes and all this. Didn't have the trust of Aaron Rodgers. And one of both of them, especially Christian Watson, you know, yeah. big guy, really, really fast. He's really come along and but a huge, really the number one weapon for Rodgers. Yeah, he's big time, and I, I'm glad you said that. They really started to run the ball, and those two rookies have really stepping up. I like the Packers, and I think they're going to make the playoffs now. Hunter, give my brother Hunter credit; he called it. Uh, the Rams at the Jag or at the Chargers. The Chargers nine and six on a big winning streak. They're in the playoffs. Yeah, I'm going to have uh, Chargers. The Rams just 
you know, it's crazy having winning the Super Bowl. I'm going to say they have dealt with injuries, but it's still crazy seeing win the Super Bowl and then go to a, what are they only won four games, five yeah. games this year so far. Yeah, I'm with Chargers as well. Big playoff implications this next game. Steelers seven and eight. We as Dolphins fans desperately need them to lose. They're playing the Ravens. Hopefully, Lamar Jackson comes back. Yeah, uh, we'll see. I mean, this one's hard. I mean, I'll go Ravens. Uh, is that the Ravens, I believe? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I'll go Ravens on that. I'm going to go Ravens, too, and I really hope the Ravens win. This last game, this game is potentially for first place in the AFC. To, this is a could be a preview of the AFC Championship. I am so excited for this game. Monday Night Football, Josh Allen and the Bills at Joe Burrow and the Bengals. That's both teams have been playing at a very very high level. Um, yeah, they're both on long win streaks. Yeah, um, and really, it's funny because uh, the Bengals start off the year like terrible. Yeah, they were o they were zero and two, and now they're eleven and two in their last thirteen. Um, so definitely have turned it around. Uh, I'm still gonna go with Josh Allen. You know, he's been other than the you know the few games I talked about that he had. Not very good games. Um, he's playing. He's back playing at a very high level. So I'm gonna go with the Bills. I told myself I would never pick against the Bills again after I switched to the Rams on opening night. So I guess off principle, I may go with the Bills, but I'm a huge fan of the Bengals, man. I I really am. I think they're a very good team. So this game is really tough. To me, it's split. I'm just gonna go. I guess Bills, maybe. Because I hope they get the number one seed. I don't want the Chiefs to get the number one seed. So I'm going to go Bills. But that's all the games we have, Stephen. Stephen, you got anything else you want to talk about? No, it's been good stuff. Good show. Uh, definitely been too long since we've done one. Absolutely. And I hope everybody had a great Christmas. I know me and Stephen, we really missed doing this. And we'll be back next week, maybe uh, Monday or Tuesday. We'll break down the. The two playoff games, we'll break down the Alabama game. We'll talk about the National Championship coming back, a little signing day, a little NIL, and NFL playoffs coming up. We hope everybody had a great time listening. Don't forget to follow us and subscribe on our page. And follow us on Instagram, Timmons Corner Sports Talk, or Twitter. We put a lot of good content out there. But until next week, see ya. See ya.